sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour you'll find them at the back of the range and here's your host ben adelberg and welcome to the back of the range i am your host ben adelberg this is episode 291 Greetings from Bluffton, South Carolina. No, I did not move to Bluffton, but here I am at the end of a three-week road trip. I'll be heading back to South Florida today as you're listening to this. It was a wild trip with a lot of great golf and, more importantly, lots of fun. As a quick recap, my trip started in Tampa, Florida at the Gasparilla Invitational. This is one of the most impressive tournaments in amateur golf. Only mid-ams and seniors in this field, but this tournament has it all. Gallery ropes, yes, gallery ropes at a mid-am tournament. They are 100% necessary, especially during their final round on Saturday. They have parties every night. They have drink stations out on the golf course, which get used extensively. They have a big LED scoreboard on 18. They have an MC announcing the final groups once they reach the 18th green. It's a party. It's a tour event. It's a mid-am event. It's a cocktail party with some golf mixed in. It's really anything you want it to be, and quite possibly the most fun I've ever had covering an amateur golf tournament. Now, Kevin Dutkowski and Jack Compton run the show along with Joe Hodge, the director of golf at Palmasia Golf and Country Club. But the stars are the members. The membership is really what makes this tournament so special. So thank you to everyone there at the Gasparilla Invitational. Congrats to my man Mike Finster for winning the senior division. He is a former guest at the back of the range and the new Gasparilla Invitational champion, Brendan Wilson, who shot 64 in the final round to get it done. His story is rather incredible, and I have a feeling that you'll be hearing it soon here at the back of the range. Now, after the Gasparilla, many of the seniors followed me to Sea Island, Georgia, to play in the Jones Cup Senior Invitational. I know that I don't cover much senior amateur golf throughout the year, but damn it, I'm going to try and change that. First of all, the field was absolutely stacked with USGA champions. Doug Hansel, Paul Simpson, Mike McCoy, Rusty Strawn, and this year's champion, Bob Royak. Now, the swings are a bit unique. The bellies are a little rounder. The stories might have been told more than a few times, and the tales get bigger every year. But they're having more fun than just about any other amateurs I see during my travels. So that's the lesson that I took away from these guys. Golf is fun. Don't be so serious all the time. It's a game that you can play for your entire life, so go out and enjoy it. Right now, I'm at the Colleton River Collegiate. Incredible golf course with, you know, the marsh views and the, and the greens are perfect, but my big takeaway here, kind of like the Gasparilla, the incredible amount of support from the membership. There's over 100 volunteers that are doing everything from hosting teams, shuttling players to tee boxes, spotters filling divots, there's even ladies making homemade cookies and snacks at food stations all over the golf course. Now, the sign did say players and coaches only, but after talking to my new friend Sue, who realized that we have a KU connection, yeah, that was it. Free cookies for the back of the range. So this tournament is wrapping up right now, so I don't have the final results for you. Go check out golfstat.com. They have live scoring. That is really a website that all of you should follow religiously if you're passionate about collegiate golf. So, we're all caught up for now. There is much more travel coming this season. Next episode, a couple big announcements. I know I've been teasing that for a little while, but 
we're gonna we're gonna drop the hammer and release some uh, some big announcements on the next episode. Make sure you are following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Remember all the merch, all the episodes, everything is available over at thebackoftherange.com. My guest on this episode is Amari Avery. She's just a sophomore, but she's already crafting an outstanding collegiate career at USC. She's already won four times as an individual. She had a dominant summer in 2022 as a member of the U.S. Palmer and Curtis Cup teams. We spoke about her days as a junior phenom, what led her to choose collegiate golf over turning pro as a teenager, and oh yes, the good stuff. We talked about her Curtis Cup teammates, and also why this episode must never be listened to by the team nutritionist at USC. You'll find out later. Let's jump into this episode. Amari, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on the podcast. You are welcome. You are, uh, wow, I guess you are the, yeah, you're the second person out of the 2013 documentary, The Short Game. We will get to that later. Uh, This is a perfect way for you to tell stories about Alexa Pano. We always like getting guests talking about other guests, so this will be fun. Um, you're at USC right now. Talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, the spring season. You're getting ready for a few special things, but you're in the middle of spring. Postseason's coming up soon. How is uh, how is school going so far this year? Uh, it's going so far so good. Uh, we came in third in our first event of the season, so the team's looking really good. Um, everyone's been putting in a lot of work, and we're anxious and eager to uh, hopefully play in nationals this season and um, – we're just kind of hoping to see where the where the season takes us, um, but we're looking really good right now. That's awesome. Well, you ha- you had a great freshman year. Um, you know, first team All American, three individual wins. You know, not- and picked up another win this fall. So you're you're at four now. And I, I guess one thing we'll talk a little bit about uh, your start in the game. But since we're talking about college, what was kind of the transition for you coming out of freshman season, where you come out of the gates really fast? And now you're also, okay, it's their sophomore year and kind of adjusting. What has been kind of the adjustment period between freshman and sophomore year? I mean, it's it hasn't been too bad. I mean, I talked about it a lot in my freshman year, but I feel like I adjusted very quickly, um, especially coming from being homeschooled and kind of getting used to school. But I think the big adjustment right now is finding that balance between school and golf. Um when I first got here, I was very heavy on golf, and that's all I wanted to do. And right. now, I re- now I realize that uh, I'm a student athlete. I'm a student first. So um, without uh, without good grades, there, there's no golf. So um, I've kind of realized i got to keep that up. And so I'm adjusting to that right now, but I've got a great support team here at USC that uh, have helped me um, stay on top of my school and golf. They are kind of sticklers like that. They would like you to go to class every once in a while, don't they? Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. They make you do that. I mean, but you're a communications major. What what do you maybe like about, obviously, I mean, it goes without saying, communication in where you want to go in life, you want to play professional golf, you're going to be dealing with, you know, sponsors and agents and tournament directors and fans and, and media people like me. I mean, communication, that that's really seems like such a natural fit. What are some of the things you're enjoying learning so far off the golf course, obviously? I mean, what are you enjoying about your classes thus far? Um, this- this semester, I have a couple of really good classes that I like. One of them is really focusing on social media. And I feel like social media is, pro- is a big part of my life, just kind of growing up in that world, the social media digital world. So, um, and especially now with things like NIL and sure. other endorsements, social media is huge. 
Um, so I've been really enjoying learning about that and what goes into, you know, the media, you know, building your brand, stuff like that. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and I took a public speaking class uh, last semester. So that was a little nerve wracking at first. <laughs> but, I, but I learned a lot about myself. And um, at some point, we got to got to get over those nerves. Um if I ever plan on winning anything in the future. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's another thing you keep playing. If you p- keep playing the way you're playing, people are going to want you to start saying things in front of other people. I mean, that's just how it's going to work. Right. Right. <laughs> so six foot putt downhill left to right to win a tournament or speaking in front of a hundred people. Oh, I take the six footer every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what? So what's the, I know we're going off topic, but we do that here. So what's the largest, so public speaking, what's the largest group of people you had to speak in front of? Gosh, I'd probably say around like a hundred people. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I used to like when I won player of the year in junior golf and stuff, we, you know, you have to go to the banquet and speak in front of all the families. Yep. And so this is long before public speaking class. So obviously these speeches didn't go as according to plans. Sure. <laughs> but but um I've learned since and um I feel like I've been holding my own pretty well since then. So And and what do you and you mentioned social media. It's kinda of interesting. It almost social media we can go on and on about that kind of topic, but you're right, it is such an integral part of, of a athlete because it's you know, you're growing your brand. It's it's letting fans, letting people that are interested in you know who you are, but you also have to kind of I guess you have to be very careful and have to be very a little bit analytical about what you put out there for people to see. Has your view on social media changed now that you've gone to college and maybe learned a little bit more about it? Or I mean, how do you kind of navigate that? Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. It's um, social media can be a scary place, but it's also um, a very beneficial place. You can learn a lot and um, like we said, grow your brand and, post content and do a bunch of cool things and gain a lot of a new fan base, a new audience. And, um, so that's like kind of the good part about it, but I mean, it's scary. Like, um, you want, you know, people to know about you and get to know you, but it's kind of like how much, how much do you give? Sure. Um, and so that's always tough, but I think, um, being transparent with your audience and, showing who you are it only makes them like you more but that also comes with haters and people who don't want to who don't want to see that so um you just kind of got to take it with a bit of salt and um just kind of keep it pushing haters are going to hate i did i did hear yes that. so yeah they, that's but that's what they do you have to let them do that that that's what keeps them going so I, you know yeah can't pay, <laughs> can't pay much attention to that do you think mega Ghani could be a tiktok instructor at usc in her part-time when she's not at stanford obviously playing golf and, and going to classes could mega Ghani just be a like a freelance tiktok tiktok consultant oh <laughs> yes she's she's um she's very good at tiktok Uh um she wasn't she's not very big on social media she was i mean she just got an instagram like i think like not even a year ago so i mean she's very new to social media but she's her personality shows through wherever she puts it so um she definitely could and i would i would be in that class (laughs) Uh, you know, I've talked to her. I said, "Hey, we got to get you on the podcast," and she's like, "I'm not coming on the podcast until I win." 
So, you know, the, the invite's there, but yeah, when she gets on, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that conversation yet. It's probably good that I have some time to prepare myself because I don't even know where that's going to go. She's, <laughs> she's all over the place, but you, but you <laughs> know this, you had to deal with her. I mean, we're going to talk about Curtis cup a little bit later, but I mean, you had, I got to hear about just a, a week with Megagane. That's, um, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we're both we're both a bit much. I think that's why we gravitate towards each other. So <laughs> yeah, and you had yeah, we're we're gonna talk about this in a bit, but let let me go back a little bit to kind of your junior career. We mentioned briefly you were you're one of the the young stars of that uh, documentary back in 2013. Man, I I feel like it's the same, not the same, but very similar conversation that I had with Alexa Pano. I can't believe that was 10 years ago. Yeah, that me neither. <laughs> I mean, that's it's it's crazy but you know 10 years ago you're in this documentary highlighting kids playing in the u.s uh, u.s kids world championship in north carolina and you know really from there you're you're in a spotlight so to speak in the world of junior golf i'm guessing any junior tournament you played in everyone knows who amari avery is i mean can you speak to just like maybe not walk me through all 10 years but really those first few years after that documentary comes out what was your junior golf experience like and how did you kind of navigate that? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely crazy. I mean, when it came out, we didn't expect it to go as big as it became. Sure. But, um, I mean, we figured mostly just golf people would watch it. And, right. Um, like maybe some families with, you know, young up-and-coming golfers. And it was that and more. Um, going to junior golf tournaments, everyone did kind of know who I was and – Luckily for me, it didn't really change much. Um, I think everyone was trying to beat everyone anyway, no matter if you were on Netflix or not. So <laughs> right, right. Um, it stayed competitive and everyone was super cool. But um, I think the, the most um, unique thing that came from it was just people coming up to me at junior golf tournaments who, or even just at the golf course who um, don't really like associate themselves with golf. Um, or even if they come from a different sport, they've, They've got friends who've watched it that play basketball. It's like, that makes no sense. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. a, a golf documentary, but it's just the fact that it, it expanded that far. It went outside the golf world was, I think, kind of took the world by shock. And it's still being watched to this day, and it's still on Netflix. So um, I'm still getting people coming up to me every once in a while, um, asking for a picture, you know, wanting me to talk to their kid about, you know, golf and um it's been a blessing, though. It's really cool that um, it's it's inspired so many. What are some of the conversations? I, I know you can't run me through all of them, but like, what are kind of the, I guess, the general theme of the conversations when when a parent will come up to you and say, you know, would you talk to my son? Would you talk to my daughter? You know, he or she's just getting into the game. Uh, they like it. You know, they come out and watch you play. Are they looking for? Are they asking a lot of questions? Are they? just asking you to kind of give some information. What are maybe some of the topics that you, you touch upon when you talk to some of these, these youngsters that look at you and say, wow, I just, I saw you on TV or I saw you on Netflix when you were, gosh, I'm seven, eight, I think you were somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so, so when you're talking to them, kind of what are the messages that maybe you're trying to get across to help inspire them? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of cliche, but I kind of just give everyone the same thing and just, saying, you know, have fun with golf. It's, it's a tough game and we all know that. Um, and you, and it 
it's very clearly highlighted in in the documentary with all the junior golfers that are um, showcased. But um, golf is a tough game, but it can also be very fun, and it takes you it can take you wherever you want to go. And so, um, honestly, the sky's the limit with golf, and if it's something that you want to pursue, then um, go all out. And that's kind of what I give to anyone who asks. And um, I think they like it. I hope so, because that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, but they're, they're seeing where you're at. All-American, Curtis Cupper, you're, you're in college. And I know that turning pro is your is a goal you have, obviously, but it was a goal you had for a while to the point where you – we're considering not going to college, just turning pro immediately. Do you remember when kind of that shift change happened with you where it was less about turning pro immediately and more of, you know, I, I kind of have a nice thing going here in junior golf and, and there's colleges. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guessing with, with all of your accomplishments in junior golf, there were no shortage of opportunities for you of where you want to play college golf. Do you remember when, when the shift kind of occurred to where you were thinking, okay, I, I think I want to go this direction instead of the pro direction right now. Yeah, I remember, I mean, vividly, it, it was um, 2020. So um, the main, the thick of COVID. Yeah. So um, that was a that was a tough time, I think, for everybody. But um, that kind of was the deciding factor of, you know, me going to college rather than turning pro. Because, um, I mean, that was my goal for my entire life, was yeah. to turn pro at 18. And just forego college and um and I was fine with that that was totally that was my dream as well so um but when something like that impacts everybody's life it kind of shifts everything and we kind of had to take a step back and look at what my future was going to look like for the next four or five years and um my family and I felt that it was best that I go to college and kind of move up the amateur ranks and kind of get as good as I possibly can before I turn pro um, it's just give myself the time that I think that I definitely needed. And um, I feel like I've improved so much here. So it was a good decision. Yeah, you you jumped up quite a bit, not only in, in World Amateur Golf Rankings, but you're kind of, you know, putting your name in the record books of USC as we speak, being at, you know, being at the University of Southern California. And I'm also thinking that it's not just golf that is, is in, that you're excelling at, but also, as you mentioned, you were homeschooled. This is really i guess your first experience not only being on a team but being you know your classes your there's a lot of other students there it's a very different experience for you how have you enjoyed that and did you i mean you just said you didn't really think that was going to be in your future you're going to turn pro right away how have you enjoyed the simple fact of just being on a team i mean oh i've loved it yeah. um i always thought it was super cool to be on a team that's why i mean that's why i loved playing on curtis cup or you know things like Wyndham cup. Like it was always right. super fun for me to play on team events. And, um, honestly just getting to be on a team and getting really close to these girls, you know, I mean, these are friendships that are going to last a lifetime for sure. Um, and I love these girls, like they're my sisters. So it's super cool. And, um, we go through thick and thin together. So, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask for a better team. Yeah. It's gotta <laughs> be an interesting thing. Cause being, you know, golf is a very solitary and singular sport where you, you know, you put yourself first and in the college experience or college golf, you know, uh, team experience, you're really, you know, you're rooting for your teammates to play well, cause the better they play, the better the team does. So yeah. Right. And, and it's, it, it is a different mindset. Um, but I guess when you get out there, it's kind of put the blinders on and go after it. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. Strictly, it's strictly individual. I think at all times. Um, but when you finish that, when you finish the round or you finish the tournament, of course you want the team to win. That's the ultimate goal. Um, but we're all very um, amped up with each other individually, and we want each other to play as you know as good as we possibly can. And um, although we're trying to win a team event, we're all we're all trying to get that indie at the end of the week. <laughs> it's still yeah. there. It's still there. I yes. know. It's, it's like yeah, that's that's yeah. not going anywhere. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about this Curtis Cup. This is absolute. I mean, last summer, this absolute. I mean, juggernaut of a team. It was uh, absolutely incredible. And I, I know you have a great team at USC, but this is these are the best Americans in the country. And you, I mean, you look in this locker room, and you have Heck, and you have Keen, and you have Zhang, and I mean, just. From top to bottom, you have experience with Miliacho. You have Ghana, I mean, just all over the place. Jensen Castle, Latana Stone. Um, was there any sort of intimidation or how did I get here moment when you were just getting on this team? I mean, I, I know you have the creds to be there. We're not denying that, but still, you're probably the youngest one or one of the youngest ones on the team. You're looking at this like, oh my gosh, this is real. Yeah, I mean, I was... I don't think I was intimidated because I've been around these girls for so long, right, but right. I also do, but I also do realize how, you know, how great they are, how good they are at this game. And, um, I definitely had a moment for sure where I was sitting there like, Oh my God, like <laughs> I'm on the Curtis cup. Right. <laughs> and I was like, like I, I mean, I've, and I've watched this on TV. I've seen some of my older friends play on Curtis cup and, um, I won't say I never thought I'd ever be on the team. Cause I thought for sure I would. Right. Um, but I I had to sit there for a little bit and kind of soak it all in like wow this is really this is really for real like <laughs> this is real life and I'm on this team with all these girls um and I mean I couldn't have that team was stacked <laughs> like yeah I, that was that was crazy <laughs> yeah I I was there just for the singles and it was it was a lot of fun there at Marion and now this is this is a question that's not specific to a Curtis Cupper, this would apply to Walker Cuppers as well. The amount of free stuff that Walker Cuppers and Curtis <laughs> Cuppers get is bananas. Okay. When it yeah. okay. So just walk through just a little bit of getting all of this stuff and and we'll leave the golf bag out of it. So forget about the bag and about the the travel bag and the head covers. We'll just leave all that out of it. All right. I'm going to be generous here. But when they give you all the clothing what is that moment like when you're like, oh my God, who's this? For? Oh, this is all for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it's actually absurd. Okay. Like you, like, you know, like you're getting a lot of product and you're getting a lot of clothes for the week, right. but I, I don't think anyone could ever imagine how much you actually get. <laughs> like there's, there's outfits for every single occasion that you can possibly think of that we'll have that week. And it's, they're all fitted to you because you do, you know, fittings prior, sure. you know, like a month prior to the event. Like it's, it feels like some type of like celebrity uh -huh. status type stuff. Cause it's like, you're fitting for them. Like everything fits you perfectly. Like you have double of everything just in case, mm -hmm. like, and you get to keep them after I was like, this is crazy. Like I, <laughs> I still have all that stuff. I mean, unfortunately I can't wear them like in tournaments, but they are some of the best pieces that I have, and best believe I will be framing some of them. <laughs> okay, now wait a minute. Wait, okay, now not to, not to, you can't wear them in, I mean, obviously you can't wear them in college tournaments, but you can't wear that in a U.S. women's amateur? 
Oh no, I'm I'm signed with Nike, and that's that was a they're they're sponsored by Polo, so I'm that's right. can't wear those. Okay, but they're good to look at. <laughs> okay, all right, but but hypothetically, you go to the movies or something, maybe you can sneak one on, and no one's going to really worry about it. But we we can, yeah, it's yeah, but just I understand. Okay, I okay, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember at 2019 Walker Cup vividly seeing Andy Ogletree walking out of the clubhouse carrying like four pairs of pants and they weren't for anyone else. And no. I'm just like, yeah. I was like, dude, where are you, what are you doing? They, they're making you carry people's clothes. He's like, Oh no, these are all mine. I'm like, okay. All right. Good. Uh, <laughs> good. Good to know. Um, but that's not just Curtis covers. That's for Walker covers too. It's, it's both ways. Yes. <laughs> you had two teammates that week. Obviously, you had your singles match, but you had two teammates. Rachel Keene in foursomes, Mega Ghani in four-ball. You went undefeated 4-0. Talk to me a little bit about the the similarities and differences with those two. Yeah, okay. So, Rachel is very... Um, she's very amped up. Yes. And so is Mega. So, they're very they're very similar in that way. Um, and of course it turns up multiple notches when you're playing on home soil and you're playing against GB and I, like it's, it's already amped up, but times that by 10. <laughs> yes. So they're, they're very similar in that way. Um, but I will say Rachel is a lot more technical than mega is. Okay. Um, she's very analytical. She, she wants to find every little piece of grass that she could like, you know, she wants to land it on that piece of grass on the green, like, and, and she does it yes. <laughs> almost, almost every time. So that's really cool. And it kind of brings out a different side of me. Cause I'm, I'm more similar to mega in the sense that, um, I'm just kind of go, 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 like, just give me the number. I'll get the club and I'll hit it. Um, so it's not, it's always nice playing with keen for a change. Um, she, um, she kind of pulls that side out of me. She gets me thinking, um, and obviously it works because we won. But um, yeah. yeah, me and Mega are very similar. Um, one thing about Mega, though, that everyone should know. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Feel she, free. You, you can say whatever you want about your teammates. We're, this is open because they'll, they'll all be on the podcast, too. So it's fine. It's yeah. fine. This, <laughs> this is a good thing, though. She, um, But she loves to hammer her putts. And it's, it's a well-known fact across amateur golf. <laughs> like, yes. She loves to hammer her putts. And one thing she's going to do is she's going to do it. <laughs> and um fortunately it works for us in match play but it, it always in match play she's always gonna whip it out and hit the putt as hard as she possibly can and um um you know it it works for us and um i love that about her she's very aggressive and so am i kind of a risk taker so that's really cool yeah, I feel, and I could be wrong here, but I'll I'll just I'll take a chance. I feel Mega Gane would probably be bouncing off of walls, and Rachel Keen just runs through them. Yes, yes, yes. She's they're both they're both their own form of crazy, but yeah, that is like a perfect analysis of them too. <laughs> well, you know, Amari, I'm a professional golf podcaster. I mean, I don't know why you're doubting me. I mean, come on. I mean, no, I'm just no. kidding. I, I mean, but no, I I, I look at those two. And I'm like, yep. Got it. Understand. Perfect. Um, yes. But that's such a, and I mean, that team had so many crazy personalities and crazy in a good way. Um, and, and I mean, it's always a party when Jensen Castle shows up too. I mean, I mean. This, oh yeah. Yeah. That's the bro. <laughs> that's the bro. That's I love the, her. The bro. Okay. Um, yes. 
Yeah, uh, I can't remember what match it was, but somehow someone brought her an ice cream cone, and I just was like, "All right, that's now we're at a different level of confidence." Oh, yeah. When you're just eating ice cream down the fairways at Marion. Yeah. All right, yeah. I, I I feel like we're getting along well. I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to ask you about Emily Price. Is that okay, or do we need? Oh, to move that's on? perfect. Oh, oh, okay. All right. I'm just I'm treading on. Just remember, we're all friends here. Um, <laughs> You know, you go four zero and in in partner in in the uh, in the foursomes. You go for uh, sorry two and zero in foursomes, two and zero in four ball. You have a chance to go five and zero. I think it's Stacy Lewis and Kristen Gilman are the only two that have done it. You have Emily Price. You lose on Sunday. So my question is, well, you're never going to get over that, I don't think. But anyway, my question is, how do you um, how do you deal with that? When your team just completely obliterates GB&I, but I know personally you you're you're disappointed. How were those let those couple hours after that match, and perhaps how did you deal with that? I was livid. <laughs> I was. I don't. I don't. I wasn't expecting myself to get too upset. I mean, I knew what was on the line. Right. So did my caddy, and so did I mean everyone on the team. Like everyone was like, "Oh my God, she's gonna go five and zero." And I mean, so did I, and I was, I was the anchor match. So it was like, yeah, come on, like fire me up. I mean, we're probably going to win this cup <laughs> before they even get anywhere near my match. Yeah. Um, that's just the cockiness of us. But I mean, that's just what it was. That's just what it was. Um, but yeah, I was, I was not doing too good after that match. Um, but I, I got some, like I said, I had a really great team and all of them kind of, gave me some words of encouragement and basically just told me to get over it <laughs> because they like, they were like, you know what? There's no individual tournament here. We won yeah. the cup, um, you know, kind of get your butt out there and go celebrate with everyone. And it took me a while. I'm not going to lie. Cause I was, we were celebrating after and I could not have fun. Like I just could not get over the fact that I mm. lost and lost that bad. So I was like, I don't even, I don't know what happened. Cause I was, just, I was on a roll the whole week. Yeah. And then that match was just, the complete opposite but um no hard feelings i that's the that's the way life goes the way golf goes yeah um but you know at the end of the day we won the cup we turned up and we even we had some fun with gb and i as well and i uh had some fun with emily personally we just kind of turned up got past it and i just basically praised her the whole night for beating me so that's awesome and i and to be funny, I, I told her, I was like, I had to give y'all one point because we, we swept to the singles without me. So I'm like, God, I can't, I can't do you guys like that. I got to uh, help you out. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. I, I mean, yeah. okay. If she took it well, then, then that's great. But I, I mean, that's, and also I'm looking at the match. I mean, it was kind of, I mean, she, I don't know. I mean, it did it just by looking at the scores here. It's kind of hard because you know concessions that really don't show up on paper. But it looks like it looks like pretty standard. Didn't look like she really ran away with it. But it also doesn't look like. I mean, as far as like you know going super low, you know, throwing tons of birdies on you, it just looked like it was kind of. I don't know. Just does it look? Did it feel like kind of just an average match? You just couldn't get anything going. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Okay. I just you know, I was fired up going into it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have fun, play the same as I did the last two days. And, yeah, it didn't go like that. <laughs> it was couldn't, – couldn't get anything going. She was just playing normal, and um, she she finished me off, so that was fine. <laughs> yeah, and it, it has to be kind of an interesting – I mean, you mentioned the team, you know, knowing that the team was going to win. And you have matches there that were really ending pretty quick. I mean, 
Rose, I don't know how much golf Rose played uh, the entire week at Marion. It seemed like a lot of matches she was, uh, uh, you know, getting done pretty early. But yeah, a lot of two and one, seven and five, six and five. It kind of be hard to kind of stay sharp when you know that the the conclusion is is pretty much written, you know, barely into your match. Right. So yeah, I I think I asked Rose like uh, that day. I was like, "You have somewhere to go? I mean, seven and five. Are you late for something? Is there like a class at Stanford? Like, you know, what's?" And she's like, "Oh no, I yeah." She didn't really say much, but that's okay. Um, so uh, talk about so let's let's move on to what's coming up next for you. Obviously, um, you know, moving towards the postseason, um, getting ready for nationals, and then well, Pac twelve conference before that, and then nationals. But uh, that little tournament in Augusta is coming around again this year, and uh, you'll be back at Anwa for your third appearance, which is uh, which is incredible. And your first trip, you missed the cut, and then last year, T4. Can you make sense of the rapid um, improvement in your finish there? Is it familiarity, or had your game improved drastically? What would you say is maybe the, the, the reason that you made the quick jump at Anwa? I mean, yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I mean, once you're familiar with the course, I mean, it doesn't get any easier per right. se, but um, I think you, you know, I knew where I, where my misses were and I knew where to, you know, the best places to hit it were. So I just kind of figured that out. Um, and yeah, my game, I think was completely different um, last year as opposed to the year before. Um, irons were a lot more solid. I was able to hit a lot more greens um and I was putting really well so um that kind of worked in my favor and um I mean I only missed by I only missed the playoff by or I mean I only missed the the cut by one so I yeah. wasn't I didn't play too bad the the first go around but um yeah I also had Justin on the bag for last year so he's been with he's been with me and seeing my game a lot and so it was nice having him on the bag um and helping me out so that was a another important factor that helped and um He's coming back again because I think he did a pretty good job. So let's let's see if he if he doesn't get fired this week or this <laughs> that week. Now Justin Silverstein's your your coach at SC. I don't know how you can really fire him. I mean that's that's going to be. I don't know if you can really eh, do that. Can you? You never know. He's oh I'm the boss. I'm the boss that week. So wow. anything goes. <laughs> I know, but he's going to be the boss when you get back on campus. I mean, you're going to be running stadium stairs. Uh, just you know, you never know what he might get back at you at with. No, he'll never do that to me. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I don't. You know, you you you're the boss. Then you know what you're doing. Um, yep. <laughs> talk about Champions Retreat. I know that a lot of the focus that week is on Augusta National, but from at least from what I saw, that is. I mean, that's a really tough hurdle to get to get through. That's a very challenging course. Yeah, it's Champions Retreat is a test for sure. Um, you're not getting to those nice, luscious fairways of Augusta until you get through uh, the teeth of Champions Retreat. Right, so, right. There, so there's that. But um, it, it's a tough golf course. I mean, it. Um, that was another thing. I mean, it changed from my first year and my second year. It was a completely different golf course um, just with the conditions and stuff. So, um, But the greens were new, so they were super firm last, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of changed, you know, the course a little bit, but it's tough. It's, it plays pretty long too. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like, um, a long hitter like me is getting a bunch of advantages of hitting wedges into the greens. But however, I am hitting a seven iron while others are hitting like their four hybrids. So it's, 
you know, that's where my advantage kind of takes place. And, um, but yeah, it's a tough course for everybody. Um, it'll bite you. Um, and it's just kind of one shot at a time there if you're trying to get through. Your parents, I mean, I'm guessing they are just, when they get to go to Augusta National, when they get to go to Curtis Cup, when you look at them in the gallery and just see their their faces, uh, I mean, it probably has to just really uh, give an impression upon you like, oh my gosh, we're, we're all here, the entire family here. Your sisters, I mean, just the entire family when you're there, this has to kind of has to be like a, a moment where you're like, wow, this, this is, this is incredible. Not just for me, but just for the entire family. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just feels like we, we all made it. Um, right, it, right. It's, it's always, it's always been a team effort, a family effort. Um, my parents have made a lot of sacrifices for me and my sister to play golf and, and especially me for me to get to these high levels of Curtis cup and amateur golf and, um, playing at Augusta National, like that was never something that <laughs> I thought of up until what three years ago, four yeah. years ago. So, um, I mean, it it's always good to have them there with me and see them out there on the course. And they're troopers; they they through thick and thin, through every golf shot, they're always there. So um, it's always good to see them and um, having that support system out there with you every step of the way is really cool. The travel, I'm guessing, I mean, gosh, how many junior tournaments were you playing a year? I'm just thinking of how many, um, like how many, <laughs> just how many <laughs> late night dinners and hotels and five hour car rides and, uh, you know, obviously coming off of being in California, red eye flights. And is there a, is there a nightmare travel situation that, that comes to mind of just like, oh my gosh, we are, what are we doing? <laughs> Where are we? Gosh, I mean, I don't know. Junior golf was just go, go, go all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it helped with me being homeschooled. I didn't have to worry about missing class or missing homework. The homework came with me. So right, right. Um, that was that was, you know, slightly easier. But I mean, I don't have a specific thing that comes to mind. But all I know is just there's been times whenever it was during the year where it's like you hop on a plane, go to Florida play the tournament, come back for four days, go to Georgia, come back, <laughs> sit for like a week and then go to Kansas or something. Like, it's just like, you're just going to all over the place yeah. and it's, and it's tiring. It's an exa it's exhausting, but it's also fun. Um, and trying, you know, wanting to be the best. That's the stuff that you have to do. And, um, that's just kind of what comes with golf. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you know we're talking about this travel, and and it's kind of interesting. Most you know you fill out your calendar of tournaments, and you you write them down, and you schedule it. But how do you like like how do you stay, for lack of a better term, how do you stay healthy, not just physically, <laughs> but not but I'm just you know just for all the travel. How do you stay, you know, healthy and rested and. How do you manage all that? You've been doing it, you know, longer than a lot of uh, a, a lot of players out there. Like, you know, how do you maintain that? I mean, it's tough. I mean, physically staying healthy and um, that's always the tough part. I mean, like you said, it's a lot of late nights, early mornings. So that means McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, okay. that's, Wait. that's what that's what that means. So I mean, it's that's very unhealthy, but that's just what it is, and unfortunately i've kept that habit up in in college but you know it's winding down a little bit okay <laughs> we're, we're trying to keep it healthy there but i mean you know mentally um it's tough too 
um, trying to balance everything and trying to stay focused, but also resting like it's tough. But um, you kind of have to force yourself to be like, okay, I got to go to bed. Yeah. Or like, no, I got to I got to stay up. I have to, you know, do homework. It's um, to tough. It's tough mentally for sure. Um, just as much as it is physically and then um yeah i mean it's hard but i mean that's the that's the life and it's not all glorified as it as it seems <laughs> yeah well i mean you know we we were talking about you being on a netflix documentary 10 years ago and obviously the new one uh, just came out recently focusing on the pga tour and yeah there's some players they're hopping on private jets and and that was showcased but there's also a lot of i mean that's the just the upper upper echelon a lot of it, what that life is going to be for, for them and, and for you at some point when you turn pro is just, you know, it may not, you know, it might not be private jets all the time. It may be, no. you know, <laughs> you know red eye flights and, and trying to, you know, hop on a, on, on a plane somewhere and maybe not the very best hotel in the world. Um, but, but sounds like that's, you know, what's coming and you're all in. Yeah. I mean, you, this is, this is my dream and this is what I want to do. So, you know, you kind of have to do whatever it takes. And if that means staying at every Hilton Inn <laughs> that exists, um, then that's just what it's going to be and going to every McDonald's and <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than happy to do it. <laughs> All right. We're going to, we're going to end this episode. We're talking to the number eight ranked amateur in the world, a all American, and Curtis Cupper. So we're going to end this episode on a, on a very, very personal, personal question, Amari. I'm going to go for it. What is your go-to order at McDonald's? <laughs> Let's get serious here. This is what we've been waiting. All your fans want to know. This is it. This is the the real serious, in-depth conversation here. We're going to end it on all right, what what's the go-to at McDonald's when you just don't care what you're doing the next day and you just want to be just be a complete glutton. What does it look like at McDonald's for Amari Avery? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm oh, I'm setting you up big time. I've had a little bit too much coffee. That's my that's my fault. That's bad staff work. But anyway, you want to go? Just you don't care. Just I don't care who's watching. I want this is what I want to get. This is so bad, but you know what? You know what? Hey, we're just friends here. We're just friends talking. It's not forget. There's no microphone here. We're just pals. We're just pals. Come on. Gosh. Uh, well, the go-to, I mean, there's two. Okay. Um, if I'm, if I'm really feeling hungry and I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Like I have to eat. <laughs> like it'll, it's going to have to be the number one Big Mac okay. with a medium fry and a medium Coke because everybody knows that McDonald's has the best fountain sodas Yes. in the world by far. Um, but the other one, if it's just like, Oh, I need like a quick snack. Like right. I need to go to bed, but like I'm hungry. <laughs> It's either like a six-piece um, chicken nugget meal with some tangy barbecue sauce, okay. and same thing, medium fries, medium coke. Yeah. And everyone can hate on me because it's unhealthy, whatever. Everyone's been actually getting on on me recently about it. Everyone's like, "You're gonna be like this many pounds in like four years, you know, if you stay on down this road." But I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'm in my prime. I can take it for now. Okay. okay. <laughs> but that's just what it is. That's what it is. Spoken like a true teenager who has, I mean, basically, you've probably burned about 400 calories just talking to me right now. So, yes, that's, <laughs> yeah, teenagers can do that. Um, but yeah, there you you'll, you might want to get that cleaned up at some point. And uh, you know, yes. USC probably has a you know they probably have a nutritionist somewhere on campus. Have I mean? But we do. Yeah. Shout out to Katie. <laughs> 
You, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> really? You want to shout out to Katie now? Um, we're not going to tell Katie you're doing this podcast episode. We'll promote it very well, but maybe just not to Katie. Yeah, God, no. She, she, I don't think she'd like the things that I just said. <laughs> I give you permission to get a hold of Katie's um, uh, Instagram account, and you have my permission to tell her to block me, and that way she'll never see it. So that'll be fine. <laughs> Sounds good. Be perfectly fine. All right. Well, since we're talking about food, uh, Chicken and Waffles Club uh, is open again at Augustus. So I look forward to seeing you there. Uh, so don't eat McDonald's that day because you have chicken and waffles <laughs> waiting for you that evening. Amari, this is a blast. I'm glad we finally got to catch up. And uh, yeah, it sounds like, again, a great transition into college golf and wish you more success and look forward to seeing you at Augusta National. And uh, I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> and there you have it. Special thanks to Amari Avery for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every episode is available at thebackofthe We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range. <laughs>